No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. This episode of No Simple Road is brought to you by <laughs> what? What's so funny? By our friends at Fire, Fire on, the on the Mountain. I don't know. Boy, where you do I love that. chicken wings. That's Andy. Frasco, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Andy sitting in on I, our commercials. I live in Denver and I've, you know, this is a, I, I'm not getting paid for this. So this is an honest plug. Okay. I fuck with this place heavy, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> shit. I do. I like it a lot. The one at High High um, Highlands or, or Wash Park? The one in Wash Park is uh, about a 0.3 miles away from my house. Oh, oh shit. Okay. And I, only, I went there once, and uh, Mimi from Fruition was playing. Oh, shit, yeah. They start, they're starting to have like bands play there now. Mm-hmm. Oh, no shit. And I'm, I was stoked on the vibe. Right? right and everyone on. who works there is like in the scene. Like, they love music and stuff, so... Everybody's happy to be there. And yeah. and check this out, man. Like, if you're like, oh, great, an, another chicken wing place. It's not just, it's, it's really not it's just not. that, like, bomb-ass salads. And look, who doesn't like good dessert? Like, mm-hmm. the deep-fried Nutter Butters, bro? Deep-fried Oreos. Oh, my. Come oh, on. Oh, yeah. I had a deep-fried Oreo, and it was delicious. I It reminded me of my times at the fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So check it out, everybody. Go check out Fire on the Mountain. And you know what? Go follow on Instagram at FOTMPDX or FOTM Denver and go to PortlandWings.com. You can hook yourself up with some Fire on the Mountain merch. You can order sauces. You can get them at your house. And then it's Andy Frasco approved even. <laughs> What's your favorite sauce? My favorite sauce is just the like medium buffalo sauce. Ooh, I'm boring. Jamaican, I'm a basic bitch. That Jamaican, the Jamaican <laughs> like jerk it. sauce. Oh, my God. Yeah. What yeah. about you? I like that. It's like um, it's like a habanero. sweet habanero the, mango. Okay. Oh, the mango. Ra- mm-hmm. Yeah, the raspberry. Raspberry, raspberry habanero. habanero. Raspberry was yeah. fire. All right, dude. If I lived 0.3 miles from there, I'd be so fat. Apple be no. 500 pounds. <laughs> Especially now you got that 25 percent off thing, man. You'd be fucked. All right, check it out, everybody. Fire on the mountain. Go check it out. Andy fucks with it. You should too. Yes. Oh, we forgot to tell you that Shop Tour Bus is sponsoring this episode too. That's right, Shop Tour Bus. Shop Tour Bus. They are the online lot's most fantastic, stupendous purveyor of 
the Grateful Dead inspired merchandise like t-shirts and hoodies and, and stickers and shit. And they just keep on making the drops. They oh, already have another right. new drop for the Transitive Dark Nightfall coming out. No. Transitive no. Nightfall was the one that we had. No, that this was, is a shall was, we shall we go you and I. Oh, so yeah. I'm fucked oh, up. I'm See, wrong. I like I like band t-shirts that are incognito of yes. the band t-shirt. I right? like to like it's like foreplay a little bit. You know like Thank you. Don't just like, tell not, me. I just don't want to just go into Pound Town. I want I don't want people to know <laughs> what band I'm fucking with. I want people who know no, right? Ooh. Then I know no. And then you yeah. could like walk up and you could be like, "Oh, that's a dope Lazy Lightning shirt." Hell yeah. Oh, I like that uh, and it always Cassidy. does. People always ask about it. People that don't know, especially, that's a cool shirt. And then you get to explain What it is that? To Lazy Gatorade? All right. What, no, what so uh, Shop Tour Bus is doing is they are giving us free shipping. When you put in the promo free code, shipping. no simple road, that's all right. one word, put that in. When you're checking out, you're going to get free shipping. And it comes in an all over print box, all kinds of cool shit on the inside of the box. And what's really cool some of you are going to get miracle when you do your order with a Grateful Dead because in your order. That's wow. for reals. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it alive, man. People turn in. Is that a thing them. still? Yeah. Still Hell yeah. 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 So if you're as surprised as Andy is right now, go to <laughs> shoptourbus.com <laughs> online or at shoptourbus on Instagram. When you're checking out, put in the promo code. No simple road. All one word. You're going to get free shipping. Shop tour bus. Hey, check this out. This what? is something new. Not a lot of you know about this. And that's why I'm telling you about it. Venue Llama. And you're, now you said, who cares? What's that? Listen, this is the coolest thing, man. Like, there's a new site in the works by a couple of heads, and we're going to tell you about it. It's called Venue Llama, an online resource that provides live music fans the insider venue info they need. So we're talking about, like, useful stuff like which security at what venue is not as tight as the other venues or, like, what's a good restaurant to eat at close to the venue before I go to the show? Or like, um, do I have to piss in a trough? What's the sound like? <laughs> what's yeah, the what? Where, what's what's the, the sound like? Is the yeah. Sound My yeah. ears are fucked up. Where do I need to stand so I don't get hurt? So Venue Llama launches in late spring, but they're currently doing a sneak preview for No Simple Road listeners. Head over to VenueLlama.com to sign up for your free Llama account and start rating and sharing your insider Venue Llama info today. Llamas can also list their favorite scene-friendly businesses, websites, and podcasts, Andy, Woo. on the Venue Llama Friends page. All new Venue Llama signups before March 15th will automatically be entered into a raffle to win. One winner will receive a grand prize of a pair of tickets to the show of your choice from Venue Llama featured tours like Dead & Company, Fish, Widespread Panic, Billy Strings and Goose, and five runner-ups are going to get some Venue Llama gear. So Venue Llama is currently compiling its llama base with as much helpful information as possible on venues for the following upcoming tours. Like I said, Dead & Company, Fish, Widespread Panic, Billy Strings and Goose. Head over to check out the exclusive beta version of Venue Llama today at VenueLlama.com forward slash NSR. I got something to say about this. Also, if you're like a, a person who complains about everything, <laughs> don't fucking gum here, okay? I don't want to hear about a, a, a dirty tile. I don't want to hear about any of that. Just give us some concrete details of what is good. No yeah. bad vibes. Where do I want to sit? I don't need another Karen in venue. Oh, thank okay? you. Thank the bartender you. looked at me Dang. funny. Yeah, no, none of that shit. None we of that shit. Real, real fucking vibes. <laughs> right. I don't want you just bitching because you're... Your husband is not having sex with you enough, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Sign up for VenueLlama.com forward slash NSR. Peace. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. 
They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Mel Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspy, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. Andy Frasco for Goose Chicks podcast. This is like um, Inception, but podcastception because like we have a podcast doing a podcast about a podcast. Check that what? shit out. with a podcast guest in the house. <laughs> what? what does it mean? Mind blown. <laughs> I, need, I need to lay down. Oh, so what's going? What, well, what first is- of all, welcome. Andy Frasco. Mofo Frasco thanks to for, our thanks casa, for having me. to your house. Actually, you know this is your house when you're here in Portland. So you know the first time I ever think about Portland, I call you guys right away. Aw, mm-hmm. for real, for real, no bullshit. Aw, that's yeah. fucking cool, man. I, that's the way it should be. It is. Well, you are, you are, you are a lot of people's therapists, including mine. So Aww. I, uh, you I have to come that, for your checkup. You know? yeah. I, yeah. I, I told you, it was a little port in Portland. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, man. That's right. So, so what's the deal with these uh, goose girls, dude? Well, I mean, as you know, Goose is so hot right now. Yeah, they're huge. I love it. <laughs> they're so hot. And, and they're like actually hot dudes. Yeah, yeah. they are. They are. Good yeah. looking Rick guys. is hot. Yeah. Both yeah, of them. Rick, Rick is Peter's, smooth Even the guy shit. with the mullet. What's his name? Bass player? Oh, yeah, he's Trevor. Smooth. Trevor, he's hot too. Trevor's okay. hot. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yeah. You know who's low-key creeping to hotness? Who? Is Ben. Ben's Akin? hot. Oh, yeah. 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 I, you know, 
when creeping ben, when ben plays the drums i do get a little little bit of sweat right here <laughs> gotta, gotta just a little bit pat your brow no oh. you, what, so what they're doing is really cool that they created a podcast that is basically an online resource for anything that a new goose fan or even an existing goose fan would need to know before going to a show shit that like or stuff maybe you've been to one show but you still don't know what's up you see people kind of clicking up and you see all these kind of jokes people high-fiving wearing certain stuff and you're like what's what the deal all they, the inside shit. Oh, okay so like when i went to my first grateful dead show back in 89 i had no context for what was about to happen i walked into the show there was people spinning in circles in the hallways. They everybody was singing along to certain parts of the songs. There was certain places in the venue where you would sit if you wanted to hear the bass. There was a section of the show called Drums in Space where everybody would sit down. I didn't know none of that shit. And when you're on a 10 strip, yeah. And and that stuff's going on, it's a that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of information. First off, who's taking a 10 strip well, out to public? 18-year-old me. <laughs> this guy. Fucking psychopath. So he said this was 89. Yeah, this is a long this time ago. And 10 strips were different back in the day. Yeah. Um, but they have created this like hub where people can go and get this information before ever going to a show. Wow, that's so cool. So that like, and then if you've been and you're like, what the fuck was all that stuff? You can go to Goose Chicks podcast and find out what this stuff is. Like the term riding the rail. If you've never been to a show, you don't know what that means. Yeah. And they like did a whole episode on what that is and the whole culture. Cause there's a whole culture I know. behind riding the rail. <laughs> Do you get rail riders at your show? Um, there's no, no rail but I've, show. I've been, I'm so fascinated with that fish chicks Instagram. It's crazy. Where like, I see them like, five hours before the oh. show and they are territorial about their fucking spot. Dude. Should oh, we yeah, tell our bro. story about that or yeah. not? <laughs> I was like, whoa, dude. So Mel and I, in Mexico, they do a lottery for first entry into the show. So there's none of that shit, right? Oh, well, so no, even the, in Fist, it's first entry? No, no the, check this out. There still is because people still lined up. Remember, there was a second line well, next that was, to yeah, us. That was different. So people are still lining up, but we got to go in first entry, you know, once we through, say, 100. We were the people. Right? So we got walked in. And we got our spot. That's pretty good, though. Hell yeah, because we were right, literally we were you, up at the rail. You got walked in like what, like like so, cho- like okay. children. So, I love so the security guard this. goes like this hilarious. before they let it's us like in. an amusement park. Yeah, hundred percent. Check it out. <laughs> he goes like single this. file. He goes. I want you all to listen to me. If you run when I open these gates, you will be asked to leave. No, right. you'll go to the back of the you'll line. You'll go to the back of the line. If you try and skip. In line, ahead of the person in front of you, back you will to go the to line. the back of the line. When you get up to the top and you sit down in your spot, if you try and put out a tarp, I will tap <laughs> you once. You are told to fold it up. If you don't fold it up, you are out. Jesus. <laughs> and you are going to walk slow. <laughs> and we walk, walk like three-year-olds. Hold on. Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait. We, we walk slow, but we're on the fucking beach in Mexico. We all wanted to be walking slow. Yeah. It was, don't make it sound worse than it was. No, it, it was, was actually it was like dope. It, it was keeping us in order because when we got there, people get fucking territorial. Yeah. The second all those rules, he, okay, so now we walk like little kids. We go to our spot. People start looking around at you and like fucking give you the eye like that's fucking it's like fucking elementary school. It's yeah, a trip, dude. dude. Look, look at your tarp. I want to be the guy <laughs> in that meeting where Trey and them are saying, listen, we're having a problem here. Yeah, with no the shit. 
I just want to be a fly on the wall. I just want to hear Trey be like, well, I think we should take away the tarps. <laughs> so they had a guy, check this out. They had a dude that would stand in the front row with a clipboard and a stopwatch. Yeah. The timekeeper. Oh, shit. And he, he would fuck? time the jams. And Trey had to have somebody go out there and tell him, look, dude, you need to move because you're fucking things up. Like He's it, just staring at the band, taking a notes. Stop, oh like, hey, yeah. Can you imagine that? I'm going to come tonight, Andy, with a fucking well, like, a little pamphlet a and a clipboard and be like, oh, <laughs> song started here. Oh, in he's subordination, jumped in. Andy went on. Three minutes in, Andy takes drugs again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jameson bottle three quarters of the way. Yes. So it's so wild, these fan bases. I mean, it's, it goes back to the Fish Girls, too. It's kind of, it, All this stuff kind of reminds me of like, like when you're in a major city and some guy stops you like, hey, are you stressed out? Or do you need anxiety? Oh, you have yeah, anxiety? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you're reading an L. Hubbard Scientology <laughs> oh, book. You're holding soup cans and somebody's giving you yeah. an audit. Did you look stressed out? You're tired. Read this book. Actually, come to this shady building. Yeah, no shit. Tom Cruise is waiting for you. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. And if you're high enough, you might end up there. So we, we got to talk to Leslie and Chelsea from, from the Goose Chicks podcast. And like they illuminated us on what they're up to yeah. and everything that's going on. And like and I said, man, this, what they're doing is super cool for the fan base of goose goose. The traje- trajectory of goose is so exponential. Yeah, it's crazy that I think there needs to be stuff like this in place so that first of all, like obviously in, in our world, there's really no rules, but you should understand that there is etiquette, right? So don't be a dick. You know what I mean? And, and this is, Helping people understand how to move around, do their thing. And it's awesome because you just said an example about the Grateful Dead how no one knew rules. No, nobody. Told so now shit. they've learned from yes. Mr. Ten Strip of Acid. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Tripping dick in the fucking parking lot. Saying, all right, have a, we're going to figure out a way to uh, just level up our fan experience. No shit. And I love that about this yeah. podcast. And and Goose is, is the perfect band, in my opinion, for that to happen because... A lot of us that are in the scene now are not me, but a lot of people are young. And so they didn't have the opportunity to see the dead in 89 or see fish. Is it a young fan base? Yeah. yeah. Goose has a younger fan base, I would think. Mm-hmm. And like there, this is their fish coming up in 92. Right. Right. This is them seeing the dead in 68. Right. So for them to build this now from the ground up with some, structure in place for the mm-hmm. fan base that's fucking cool man i'm down with that let's clap for that yeah let's yeah. go yeah. let's go queens we, we see you <laughs> we see you trying to help the environment yes. so we're gonna we're gonna shut up we're gonna do the do the what, business i just remember i was just gonna say the one thing i remember the first time we were at a goose show and everybody was doing the goo uh, we it, thought they were it booing. Like everybody's boo i know it kind of like primus sucks yeah. that type yeah. of thing and it's like oh they're okay Goose. Yeah, yeah, there's not a boo. It's just fun to do now. Okay, let's do the business. Do the business. Follow No Simple Road on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at No Simple Road. Go to www.nosimpleroad.com and get yourself some No Simple Road merch. Sign up for the newsletter. And... Sign up to get a tarot reading with Aaron and Mel. Me and Mel with the great. That's right. You guys are doing tarot readings. Uh Yes. I want to do that in our podcast. Come on. Okay. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Cool. Um. So yeah, you can do that. Just like Andy Frasco. Andy just signed up. Yep. Yeah. Be like Andy. See that? Uh, you can go to Patreon. <laughs> I also paid $1,000 for it, so you should pay $1,000 <laughs> for it too. Did, too. I just, did you get the Venmo? I just I got that. I got okay, it. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> yep, there it is. See? <laughs> go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road. That is how you can financially support 
us. And let me tell you, there are some Patreon is jumping magical off. shit going on on Patreon. We're doing a NSR Patreon only hang on. I think it's going to end up being on the 18th of March. So if you want to be a part of that and hang out with us for an hour or so on St. Patrick's Day, then you go over to Patreon, sign up for a dollar or more, and then you get to be with us. Isn't is it that popping cool? off your Patreon? It, it is, started to because our producer. Our producer's killing it. Let's he started go. making yeah. content, doing some interviews, doing bios, like per, yeah, on, bios all us. on us, and then like ongoing. He, it, there's something called side rows on Patreon where we're doing interviews with our producer and one of us, like and deep dives with yeah, each deep of dives. us. So we are having weird fishes on pretty soon. We're gonna, yeah, we're killing it. So yeah, so yeah, Sign let's up. fucking go, guys. I yes. love it. Look at <laughs> every year, you just keep leveling up and leveling. We're trying, up and Annie. We're up. trying. Hey, if you, you know, know a slow creep, a slow creep. If you sign up for five bucks or more a month, you get access to the Discord server and check this out. So, like I told you last week, we're having Natalie Cressman on, and we're having, um, help me out, folks. Look at the board over there. Latin <laughs> dead. Yeah, one more. Give me one more. Will Hansa. Will Hansa from Escaper. So, mountain okay. Grass Unit. We're at mountain Grass We already had them on. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, but it's too late to ask us to ask them a question. Yeah, sorry, we're guys. You just got to listen to that. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> These upcoming guests, if you sign up for five bucks or more and you get on the Discord, you can submit questions that you want us to ask these people that are coming on like if nat cressman's coming on you'd be like you know she just what, got married what size aperture oh, do you use for your trombone or whatever i yeah. don't know i don't even know if there's an aperture is that what that's called what's armature that's what that's the aperture okay <laughs> anyway you got yeah, you're in the right you're in the natalie's wheelhouse. such a badass yeah oh yeah that is a badass human being right now. Oh natalie's God. gonna complete our uh our tour, tour of, of the tab horn section yeah. that's right oh you did everyone you did yeah. Yeah. jenny too jenny from the block oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we started out with on, jenny from the block we've had jenny She's on a best. couple yeah. times and james I'm uh, Casey at uh, peach festival yeah yep Okay, so that's the whole Patreon wrap. Patreon.com forward slash support. If you want to do something really cool that doesn't cost anything, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We have no new one this week. All right. That's okay. That's okay. Right. We got two in a row. That yeah, was it's cool. March. Yeah, we're cool. March. And, and then what else? What am I missing? 971-808-1524. That is our tepid line. Call up our tepid line Say and something. leave a fucking review. Leave a recipe. Tell us what you can do for the summer. We haven't had a show review in a while. We, we haven't know, had we no, none of our people all yeah. going to shows because we're going to shows. None of our listeners reviews. are going to shows. Sorry, ass motherfuckers went and saw Taboos. Nobody told us about it. Nobody. Whatever. They didn't. Not one voice. Not, not one, one voicemail about Taboos. We got a couple awkward they, videos that yeah. were hard to tell what was Everyone's going on. Everyone's on that host shit right now. They want, <laughs> they, want, they want to keep that show to themselves. They're like, oh, if you weren't there, then we're not going to tell you about it. Been Stop there. being fucking selfish and start telling us about these shows. That's, That's right. Nine seven one eight zero eight fifteen twenty four. The No Simple Road Tepid Line. But you know what? Beyond all that bullshit, here's the real deal. Tell somebody you know about the show, man. Yeah, yeah. Open you know? in your mouth. That's the easiest thing to do. We all do it all the time. I know we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and if we're doing it, you should too. Yeah. Now, here's the thing: that when somebody tells you about something, it means more because it's coming from somebody that you trust and you know, and then. Usually nine times out of 10, the thing they told you about is really cool. So, you know, tell we somebody got, about We got show. something for everybody. That's right. And don't do simple. Don't do simple road like you do taboos. Okay. No. You, need, you need to tell everyone about this That's show. True. That's Because right. it is the best show out it's there. To share. Besides Andy Frasco's well, World Saving Podcast. No, no, no. We're, we're not we're about me. This is about you. Yeah, that's right. When we're on Andy, he's the best. Or so, goose chicks. Yeah. Let's get you to the interview, everybody. You ready? Ready, I right, guess. Ready. We're ready here. Yeah. Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Goose, Goose Chicks. Chicks. 
Oh my gosh, so great to eat. Recording in progress. You all, and thanks so much for having us on and talking with us today. Yeah, so, yeah thanks for coming on. We are, we're down yeah, a member. We are. There's usually three of us. Um, Apple is under the weather today, so mm, he is, sending healing energy. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Up, it's just upstairs. Just right that so way. It's upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody that's listening, would you ladies introduce yourselves to them? Absolutely. My name is Leslie Mack. I'm a digital strategist and communications expert by trade and a lover of all things damn band, especially the band Goose and also producer and co-host of the Goose Chicks podcast. Welcome, welcome. Hi, I'm Chelsea Long. Um, I am a uh, tie-dye artist. I have my own tie-dye business, um, some other projects swirling, um, but I also am a contributor on the Goose Chicks podcast and um, just really enjoy the jam band scenes, kind of new for me. So this has been a really fun experience uh, building the community with Goose. Oh, wow. Right on. So I'm Aaron, first of all. And I'm Mel, and we're married, and we're partial, no simple road. Like we said, we have our other uh, member, (laughs) Apple, who's not feeling well with us. But we are podcasters as well and in this jam scene and are super stoked to be able to connect with you all and hear another side of the jam scene. Yeah, for sure. It's. I think we're in a um, a really unique moment in time right now. Um, yeah. there's, I've been in and around the scene since the late eighties. And, um, I think what we're seeing now is, is different than any time that I've ever witnessed. And I don't yeah. know if it's, um, it's hard to say if it has to do with what happened with COVID or not, but we're seeing this huge proliferation of really amazing talent. Yeah. come out in into the scene right now that before this i don't know if it was quite this robust yeah that's a great yeah word. i would agree it's so funny it's like one of the questions i i wrote down to talk about on the show was you know just what do you think about this current scene and and how vibrant it is and you know i've been it, i i used to host a, a podcast about fish and um i've been a fish fan for like 30 years mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I would agree with you. This feels like a really unique time um, in the scene and in two things that I think are unique about it. One, we have a lot of younger musicians that are finding mm. jam band to be their arena, which I think, um, you know, even 10 years ago, I think newer bands would have founded a scene that wasn't quite as welcoming to them. Right. Maybe not thought that was a place for them to be in. Like maybe they thought they had to pigeon themselves as, you know, a Marcana or they needed to say they were something else. But, you know, there is right now this need to not run from the label of being a jam band, which I think there was a stigma, you know, even, you know, five, 10 years ago. And I think some of this was from uh, from the pandemic in terms of just all of us being inside and having to kind of like 
see each other through screens and giving musicians an opportunity to reach people um, as they were in place, which I think really changed the dynamic of the way they were able to interact with audiences and new fans potentially. But I do think that the stigma of like, oh, what a jam band means has expanded so much over the last five, 10 years. And that's made such a more robust scene where you can have a Billy Strings and you can have a Goose and you can have a Pigeons and you can have a, you know, there's just a wide variety of different types of jam band music, you know, are you uh, heavy? Are you, you know, there's so many, there's so many flavors within the scene that I think it used to feel like if you didn't sound like the dead or if you didn't sound like fish, that this wasn't a space for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like over the last 10 years, that's been the thing that's sort of been blown up. And it's like, no, if you're into improvisational music, live music, then you are part of this scene and you can carve out your your little spot and the things that you do really well in this space uh, for you and and find your fans here as well. Yeah. And it's that's really well said. And, and I think, too, we're, what we're seeing right now is <clears throat> also a result of, of the way media is today. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it's a dissolution of genre. genre. It, that's kind of just going away because when you turn on Instagram or you go on Facebook or TikTok or whatever, you're seeing a proliferation of everything. And yep. so our minds are seeing things in a completely new light where it's, it's, and I think it's a great thing. Like, like you said, I coming up in the scene, I can remember like there was a firm line between dead fans and fish fans. Yep. There was not a lot of crossover. <clears throat> it wasn't the same thing. Dead fans hated on fish fans. Fish fans made fun of deadheads. That was just the way it was. And I, I think fairly well was, at least in my mind, the the turning point of when that kind of started to go away. And at least it for me, I was one of those people. I was a, call myself a stone cold deadhead. I never, you know, fish wasn't my thing. And it, when fairly well happened, that got exploded, mm. you know, and what you said about the, the scene being more accessible to, to new people, there was a definite barrier to entry. It was it was hard and difficult. You had to know somebody. And yeah, it was and very gatekeepy just just culturally. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, very much about did you know all the things, you know, a lot of qualifying of people and qualifying of their ability to talk about things um, or even have an opinion, really. You know, I especially as a woman, I can say that was like something I especially being a fish fan and. It was something I had to lead, like how many shows I've been to oh, and God. like, you know, like just kind of like my bona fides before I could even enter into a conversation, not be treated terribly, you know, um, or treated as if I didn't know, I have the authority to speak on what I was so talking stupid. about. Well, and so and that speaks to yeah. a lot to a lot of different things. Um, it's not just being a woman, because I know, you know, women can get um, uh, extricated from the scene, you know, in certain ways. It wasn't just yep. that. It was like what shows you've been to, what coast you yeah. live on, maybe yeah. even what schools you went to and all these kinds of things were the uh, barrier to entry. And so even if you knew certain things, if you weren't one of the boys or one of the people that was in those kinds of positions, sure, you could listen to the music, but you were that outsider. Mm -hmm. And that blurring of the genre and the dissolution of it has really 
blurred everything. So it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man or any gender. It doesn't matter if you live on the East Coast or West Coast or if you've been to one show or 50 shows. Everything's so much more accepted. And that's one thing because I am not a lifelong jammer. I I, um, loved hip hop and R&B and top 40 growing up and um, listened to even country with my mom. Jam bands stuff was when I was much, much older and I wasn't attracted to it or even knowing about it just because because of those things I was saying, it, it just seemed like. It wasn't just music you could listen to. You had to know a bunch of stuff about it to listen to it. And I was like, a, yeah, right, it was right. like a pain in the ass. It's like, no, you I don't like study before you could <laughs> yeah. listen. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah, like, like, I don't care what year this show is from. I think sure. this song is cool, specific song. And that's all I want to hear about, you know? So it's really yeah. changed that in a way where it's like, it seems as if, and it feels like everyone can play now instead of just certain people can play. And yeah. Chelsea, I mean, you have a new perspective on yeah, this because you said that you're new to this. So what what's your right. experience been like coming into the scene? Well, as you were touching on accessibility, I definitely got into Goose during COVID when they were doing live streams um, and I was missing my live music, you know, going to concerts and things. And so um, that was my way that I was, you know, first foray into the jam band scene is I was like, oh, these are cool shows. Like, this is nice. And I don't think I would have gotten that had it not been for COVID. Um, because like you said, you kind of just have to go to a show and like, I would have no idea where to start. Um, so COVID and live streams definitely was my, you know, entry into the whole jam band scene. And I've definitely learned a lot, like you're saying of how many shows have you been to? And like, (laughs) even the lingo and I'm like, what does send it mean? And then I'm like, Oh, okay. Like learning things. Um, that, but the goose community itself, I feel like it's so welcoming. And like, you're saying like, you don't have to know that stuff. Like if someone's like, what does that mean? They're just like, oh, it means this. And you move along with your day. Like, it's not, um, so judgy or like, you have to know this and have to be this. And I'm just learning so much though, from hearing you guys speak that have been more in the scene and with different bands of how different the goose community seems to be than how it was in the past or even some other bands still are. Um, And so that's highly interesting to me of just learning like, oh, it's not all like this Mm -mm. um, or it wasn't always like this. I feel like because I feel very welcomed and just like jump right in. And that's yeah. But but Goose is young also. That's what I was going to say is I think with Goose, the thing is that they are at a stage that they're still trying to bring on fans. And that creates Mm -hmm. a very open community because we're pretty much out here evangelizing Goose. Right. Right. That's that's what we all feel like we need to do right now. They're you know, they've had obviously an amazing 2022 and 2023 is looking great, but they're at that flex point. And I'll say, you know, as a jam band fan over the years, like I've been at this flex point with many other bands, whether it was Umphreys or Leftover Salmon or, um, you know, I'm just thinking about Papadocia. So many bands that are amazing bands. This is, I still go see all these bands. I've got like, you know, signed posters from them all over my house and everything. But I remember them, you know, kind of getting, getting into bigger venues, kind of getting to a point and then a plateau sort of just hit. And I recognize with Goose that, the community seems to be the thing that's the difference mm-hmm. maker. Um, obviously, they're an amazing band. I could talk all day about how fantastic all five members of the band are and, and, and their music. But there is something unique about, I think, their age. 
that they did come to, you know, this elevated um, exposure during COVID when we all were kind of inside and able to really just focus on them. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So they brought a different um, audience to jam band music. And I think for them, they really tried to kind of shy away from this jam band label for a really long time because they didn't want to be pigeonholed. And they also didn't want to make fans feel like they were inaccessible. And so them being at this age, I think it's like kind of this great confluence of variables where this particular community, because it's still growing, has to be open. Like it's by definition in, in, in early years, you have to be open because you want to bring as many people in as you can to, as I said, evangelize. Right. Well, when the gospel of goose, yeah, right? When so, you're yeah. collecting new fans, they have they're young and they have a younger audience they don't haven't been to 20,000 shows they yep. don't that's yeah. not what the, that's not it they're just like oh this is good music these lyrics are pretty powerful they're yeah. cute guys like oh okay like it can just be and I'm saying this with with the most love like it can be on the surface in order to get deep you yep. know like yeah. before with the dead you got to be deep to even get to the surface surface and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a guts really well said no, that's really really well said it's true and so goose is just like this fun loving come play with us come be with us and like they're young man they're in their or like 20s 30s and stuff like that there are a lot of the people that have been going to shows for years and years is maybe age of like their children or yeah. age of like their their younger brothers or sisters so it almost feels like a come on like we'll, we'll come with us like it feels like it just feels more um open and family friendly as opposed yeah. to a, a college course you got to get through well, I, I think also a, a huge aspect of this like I was saying in the beginning, we're in this really unique period of time. And Leslie, you touched on like seeing this arc with other bands and I agree. Right. But also I don't think that we've seen this type of emergence. I don't know in, in, in my, in my life, I haven't seen this go down yet. Like I wasn't around when the dead broke through. I wasn't around when fish broke through. Yeah. I'm seeing goose in real time yeah become the next thing right yeah like yeah. and right. and that's that is subjective <laughs> you know it's subjective and there are some metrics we can look at to see kind of a trajectory too right we it's, can look at you know venue sizes we can look right, at right some hallmarks that they've they've been able to achieve but also like all of that can happen and it's still not go further than that that's mm-hmm. true and i think you know our show is really built around one um, inviting more people into the goose community. We spend a lot of time just kind of like dissecting, like, Hey, if you've never been to a show, here's, we have a show coming up. That's like, get ready for tour. Here's everything you need to know. If you're going to go on tour, like what's the difference between different shows. So we really have shaped our show around, um, helping people understand what this community is like and then how you can participate wherever you fit in. Um, and really talking through what that means. And, And, and we started off like kind of our first, um, production call we're like well what would we want to know and yeah. we started from that place of like what would we want to know what would we want to talk about if we were just now learning about listen to a goose show or went to a show by accident and we're like wow this band's amazing what could I do next and we sort of shaped the show around answering that question so we're going to talk about uh, like I said getting ready for a tour like what to expect what's the difference between a festival show and a, and a run right like um, do you need earphones we have a 
show dedicated just to talking about families going to shows. What should you have? What gear should you have? What should you expect? So all of these different things that we're really trying to um, make accessible to people and talk about in a way that they feel comfortable when they want to go to, if it's a goose show, great. But if it's a different jam band show, same things apply, right? Um, And just giving people permission to not need to know everything and still feel comfortable buying that ticket and going to see the live show. You know, real quick, have you seen trepidation in people wanting to go to shows, but not? Like, is that something that you've witnessed I think, in your... Yeah, I mean, we say all the time is like, go trying to convince someone to go, to, for me anyways, to go to their first goose show. It's my favorite thing to do is take someone to their first goose show. Oh, yeah. You like, sound like this guy people here. Last year. <laughs> it's just fun. It's just fun because I can talk about them all the time and you can listen to the soundboards, but when you're there in front of them and you feel the vibe and you feel the way the community is with each other, it changes you and you come out and everybody that I'm like, okay, I'm sold. Like everybody I've taken to a goose show has left like, wow, you are right. I get it now. I see why, you know, this has become a low key church for you when you go to see goose shows. Uh, low so, key or high key. I, you know, yeah. I, but it, I mean, that's me. That's how I am about it. it it's very yeah. sacred time for me. And I really, um, value it. You know, uh, Peter, um, Anspa is so great. You know, one of the first things he's, says um especially early on he would tell people you know phones down eyes up hearts open and that's the that's the spirit that we bring to goose shows like i'll be on the rail i, I chelsea says this all the time he's like did you get any pictures i'm like nope nope i ain't get a single shot <laughs> i got thousands I, of them right here so <laughs> zoned in like i didn't even think about it because i mean i took maybe like before they came on i took a picture of, like the drum kit or whatever but yeah once the show starts like i'm just dialed in and I'm ready to, you know, be with my people, be with my friends and and have as good a time as possible and and share the energy from the stage to us and back and forth because it is an exchange. You, you know, you talk about the making it accessible and, and I'm 100 percent on board and I agree a thousand percent. But I want to say this, my experience with getting, quote unquote, turned on to the music was anything but safe. And anything but inclusive, it was dangerous and scary. And the night that it happened was one of the most terrifying nights of my life, but the one of the best nights of my life in retrospect, right? And I think for me, I don't know if it would have happened any other way. I needed that... um, I needed the net removed in order to find out that I could fly. Right. And I wonder if making it safe is, and this is just a purely speculative question. This isn't anything. I wonder if making it safe in some way can hinder that experience for some people because there's not that edge. I think that, thing I always bring is like what kind of experience do you want to have Mm. and really allowing a full spectrum of experiences at any show right Um, and some people want to go fly without the net and we know those folks we love them they're great (laughs) and we see them out there you know twirling and doing their thing and 
then there's some folks that are like, nah, like I'm very zoned in on a specific musician and I really want to watch very closely. What are they doing? Um, and so I think that there's just a wide range of how people connect, how they mm-hmm. interact with this music, what touches their soul and makes them, you know, draw out. Um, Chelsea, I- I'll let you talk, but Chelsea, uh, you know, changed her entire life um, because of Goose's music. And uh, it would be great if just you could just share really yeah. quickly about that, Chelsea, because I think it's really powerful. And it doesn't need to be quick, Chelsea, because I want to kind of get the background on you ladies also on how you got to this point. So I know, Chelsea, you were saying you were going to concerts. Like, what was that before Goose? Like, what what was your, you know, your live music concert going experience? Yeah, sure. So I always just was into um, really any and everything. Any sort of live music just kind of touched my soul. So a lot of just local shows, but also, you know, I would see like Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande. Those were you know, I like to follow them. Um, I would see like of Montreal animal collective. I was getting into kind of the touchy jam band, um, scene, but, um, pretty much anything that's live, I will, I will be there. Um, so I was definitely missing that part of my life as far as, um, music goes. And so finding goose definitely, um, and just, I, I had never been, into bands that jam so much. I mean, Animal Collective does that, but um, in a different way. And so once I started, um, I was also going through like a spiritual awakening. I think a lot of us did during that time during COVID. And so starting to meditate and um, those types of things. So I found the jams were more meditative for me. Oh, yeah. And, you know, where I had done this at shows, I'm sure a million times, close my eyes, dance, get lost in the music, but it's different when you really get lost in those jams and go somewhere else. Um, and I was even able to do that at home with goose. So, um, so I really got into goose and then I saw them for the first time in 2021 at a real small venue out in Montana, Pine Creek lodge. It was so much fun. Um, uh, really funny story. My car got stuck in a ditch, had to get towed. All was good. Everyone was probably so mad because there was one road to get in and out and my tow truck was blocking it. And I was like, sorry guys. Um, but I made the show. I did not miss even the opening. So all was good. And after that, I was just like, yep, this is, uh, I'm going to keep doing this. So, um, I've seen them a bunch of times since then, but last year, probably around this time, I guess it was more March, April ish. Um, Goose came out with their hunger site. Um, I guess drip field video series. They, they launched three songs. So good. Three videos. So good. And, uh, during that time I was going through, um, you know, I really was unhappy in my job. I was just, um, doing a lot of emails and stuff that felt like busy work and I didn't feel fulfilled. Um, and my, you know, realization kind of lined up exactly with those videos coming out of the born video where he's feeling he can't, he's like trying to write a song and he can't write it. And he's just like stuck in his own head and just, and I really related to that. And I'm like, this is me right now. I need to figure this out. Um, and I, was trying to figure out what I could do. And I started making tie dye. So I've always loved tie dye and done that, but, um, I just, you know, needed a creative outlet and something different. And the next thing I know, Dripfield's coming out and he's like, 
on top of the world, figured his stuff out. He's doing great things. And um, he's like doing karate on a mountain. And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is me. This is how I feel right now. Like I'm making tie-dye, I'm like doing my thing. Got it all figured out, but I was still at my job. And then um, the hunger site video came out. And if you've seen it, he's like working a corporate job. He's like miserable, like upset. And then he like gets outside, does his karate dancing. And it's like kind of bringing in that spirituality with your, you know, reality. And how are you going to mesh them? Um, and I ended up leaving my job after oh, I saw shit. that video. <laughs> like, that's my sign. I got to get out of here. Um, so I left my job and started just doing tie-dye and that's what I've been doing. Um, and then this podcast happened and that's just been another, another love that I've been able to build in my life. And, um, Goose has just brought me so many good things through their music, just personally, personal growth, um, wise, but then now being able to do, this podcast and being able to connect with so many other people that, you know, they have similar stories as me of, you know, connecting to Goose in a different way that really catapults them into, you know, pursuing their creative passions and things. And to me, the connections with the community has been even bigger part of my story now um, of, you know, I'm not alone in that, like that, that was very, felt very personal to me, but it, it's really not that unique of a story when you talk to so many people in the community. So um, that's a little bit of my story and just kind of where I'm at now of what's next in uh, um, sharing that with people. And I think being able to speak like on, you know, podcasts like this is I've had people reach out to me of like, I'm going through something similar. Thank you for talking about that. And um, just being able to relate to others in that way has just been amazing. So that's pretty incredible. I mean, the fact we're, let's just talk about the magic part right right now about the music scene, because those kinds of epiphanies that happen, we can be in a crowd of 30,000 people, or we can be in our living room with our eyes closed on our couch and just hearing that specific lyric or hearing being in the jam where you floated away and now all your problems that you were complaining about or that were legitimate issues, they're nowhere there. The the music has like washed it away. It's taken it away. And to make real time decisions based on um, ethereal uh, spiritual happenings with the music, that's not an easy thing to do. That's, you know, connecting two wires that may be live. There's a, that's right? a huge level of trust. Exactly. And so at mm-hmm. what point are you willing to jump in and out of this magic that the musicians create? Because, you know, you watching videos could be just that you're watching videos. That's it. Yeah, I've watched, watched a million cooking yeah, videos on YouTube. You watched YouTube. the video and it was great. That never happened. And you liked it and it was fun. <laughs> but you watch these trilogy of videos and each one of them kind of built on something else to actually finally catapult you into something again in real time. Well, I, I remember when those videos came out, you and I sitting in the basement crying. Yeah. At the watching mm-hmm. them on the on the laptop. Though that was it's there's yeah. there's something very special with this group of guys there is there is something very magical and i'm not saying that in any kind of like uh 
offhand kind of a way. No, I, I mean that very specifically. Yeah. There, there is a vibratory in, intensity with mm-hmm. these cats that's different and the same than anything I've ever experienced. And the stuff that has happened around them in our world is different than anything else. And that, I think that's part of why we're seeing what we're seeing is because of people having experiences like you had and be, and willing to share them. Yeah. That's, that's kind yeah. of where I was going to go, go up, um, turn it back to is that you're having these real time experiences. You do, you quit your job. Like that's a real thing that you did and you start making tie dyes and that's a real thing you did, but it was based on something that you were thinking in your brain and those kinds of experiences cannot be underscored enough because that's what makes up our scene. That's what mm-hmm. makes people pick up and start doing a podcast. And that's why there's people selling grilled cheese on lot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, yeah. and these guys are different in, in their, own. I, again, I've never, um, I'm too young to experience what the dead was early on and to see the kind of craziness and hysteria that it caused. And same thing with fish, you know, but to be able to see this and there's a, I wouldn't necessarily call this hysteria. I feel like this is more um, locked in. I think people are more involved Mm -hmm. in what's happening. It's not like, oh, you know, just this crazy. No, it's like specific. And Mm -hmm. right. Like there's like something specific about what's happening. And to see um, Bobby and Rick singing right together to Don't see start. We, we we're, we're, we're starting we're, we're like starting crying, <laughs> all of us crying in our group chat right? like it was really yeah also really. to see tab happen and and we were there at the peach shows when tab performed and then goose backed them up and saw those kinds of ex- like those th- I've never seen anything like that to literally be no. handing the torch to these so guys. It, so both different mm-hmm. groups that we we're talking about. So the Grateful Dead kind of like, you know, started that whole thing with the traveling, um, you know, um, community. Then you got fish doing the same thing. And then here is Goose marrying these two very distinct communities and of course you're gonna have people that don't like them from each community and that's fine of course we gotta have that well (laughs) even if they're not haters like not everybody thing is for everybody i feel like that not everything's for everybody and that's cool whatever but like for the top guys to be bringing their crowds, their community, introducing to see this band and to play with them. It is, I've never seen anything like that before. I've never witnessed anything that's so. And and I think it's been something for me anyways, it seems very deliberate on the part of the trays. And I think some of, a lot of that just comes from their negative experiences, right? When Mm -hmm. possibly torches were passes and so-called, you know, I know for Trey, I mean, you know, his, his, um, you know, descent into addiction was in in large part directly connected to the loss of Jerry and this kind of pressure that suddenly was thrust upon fish at that time to kind of okay it's you now go Um, which sounds which sounds great in in theory but if you were just you know on a trajectory with your band and suddenly this huge shift happens 
it, it's really, really difficult. And as you, you know, you you alluded to, Evan, that there was so much animosity at that time from deadheads to fish fans and vice versa, that it it, it made it really hard to um I can imagine for for Trey in particular, it made it really like not as easy as it should have been. Um and so yep. I what I see in him is a deliberate um effort to say, we're not doing that this time. Yep. I'm I'm not gonna allow this next generation as we see this huge vibrant amazing jam band scene again emerging because this isn't the first time we've had these moments where a lot of bands have come up um and so to watch trey especially you know i was lucky enough i went to five of the eight (laughs) taboo shows and to see you know not just um how different it was in the first show to the last show but also noting the difference in goose after that tour um rick his ability to interact with the audience completely mm. different pre to boost tour and like post what tour. like what was what um, would you notice pre pre to boost tour you know rick is a very you know insular mm-hmm. uh introverted person and so mostly it shows um you would have seen him like very like uh, his eyes are always closed. He's very into, you know, he gets almost into a trance like state mm-hmm. when he's playing. And so there's not as much interaction. It's why Peter's so wonderful because he takes up that slack. Right. And is so great and ebullient and dancey and interactive with the audience. But after the taboo show, and I noted it, noted it at the Reading show, but in the show since then for Goosemas and for the new year's run, my husband, uh, new year's Eve, said Rick and like pointed to him and Rick looked dead at him in his face and pointed at him. I've never seen Rick interact with a with a crowd like that oh, in my wow. Not ever, 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 ever. Okay. And so what I noted was seeing him just having fun up there, seeing that like you can be a little more open, like everyone's there to receive you and it's totally cool. And like starting to tell jokes into the mic. Uh, I went to the Fox Theater um, charity show and that was really funny. They were, it was a really tight space and they were like, I mean, Jeb had to like crawl behind Peter to get to his rig. It was that small of a stage and, you know, just watching them be so comfortable with each other and, they closed that show with Disco Inferno. Oh, oh my gosh. And <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like the place just like went up. And it was one of those things that I was like, this this would not have been like this if they hadn't had that time on the road with Trey and with the rest of the tab apparatus. And I could just see. And we had um Naveed um Quarterman, who's the merchandise manager for Goose on the show last week. And he said, he's like, you don't understand. It wasn't just the musicians. I, as a merch manager, got to work with their merch manager and learn from them. Our crew got to learn from their crew. Our lighting folks got to learn from their lighting mm-hmm. folks. Like it was such a general, like such a beautiful exchange of experience and Aww. knowledge Man. and just, yeah, it was really great so to see. We, a couple of weeks ago, maybe I think it might've been last week and we talked to, do you know who Bob Braylove is? Yeah. Okay. So we talked to Bob Braylove. And uh, he, but Chelsea might not. Chelsea, so Bob Braylove was the sound engineer for the Grateful Dead from like yeah. '89 to like '92. I, those years could be off. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. He's like responsible part for the beam, that big thing that Mickey plays. It makes yep. amazing sound. Anyway, he was talking about when um, 
the dead played at shoreline with the Gyoto monks and the Gyoto monks do that like um, tantric throat singing. And as the monks were on stage, Bob was backstage and was like, I'm going to sing along with them, like not in the mic or anything, but he's like, I'm just going to sing. And he started throat singing and was like, holy shit, that's cool. I can do what the monks are doing and like whatever and kind of blew it off and said he was in the park and he was doing it and this realization hit him and he was like, holy shit. I, the Buddha walked across my path and like gave me this thing, like a transmission happened from those monks to him. And there's also like a thing in Buddhism too where when the student and the master are working together at some point, the master will lay hands on the student and like pass the lineage on to the student to continue the lineage on and teach and do all that stuff. And I really feel like that's what we're seeing here to not to be too heady about it, but seriously, like I think that these, these guys that we're seeing like Trey and Bobby are the masters of this thing. They've, Absolutely. they, they created a world that we all, musically exist in now and people like you Chelsea are having life altering experiences through the music because of what they've done and what the connection that the bands and the, and the crowd have together. Yep. And, and these guys are getting older. Let's, I mean, let's be real. You know? I was going to say that we just have to be frank about yeah. the fact it, that at some point they can't play. How long does it last? Right? So I think Constantly that like they have been. Yeah. I, they, mean. I think they understand obviously that they can't go forever, like you said, and that they have to pass it on somewhere. And I, the passing of the torch thing, I, I, it's, I think it's overused and it's kind of silly. I feel like it's a, it's a bringing in. Yeah. It's a, it's a communal experience. Yes. I don't even think it's a passing of something mm-hmm. more than it's a like invitation in, and it's not, you know, it's not at designating one individual or one band. I mean, we even saw on the Taboos tour, you know, Billy was uh, okay. at the the Fairfield, um, yep. or Fairfax uh, shop stop along with Goose, you know. So to me, it's really uh, what I've noted is that these, you know, stalwarts in the jam band scene who have gotten to personally for themselves right a level of i don't want to say enlightenment but certainly a level of um understanding about themselves and their connection to the music and their connection to this community and i think there's a level of responsibility as well to this community and to this music scene that they have decided okay i'm gonna take time i'm gonna get to know these young musicians i'm gonna make sure that I give them what I hoped that I had gotten. Uh, My friend, Charlene Carruthers, who's an amazing organizer. She wrote a fantastic book. um, And she said she wrote it as the book she wished she had had when she was a young organizer. That was like the starting point of her writing her book. And I feel like that's what Trey and Bobby are doing right now is they're like, what would have been amazing when we were at this inflection point ourselves? What would have been great Mm -hmm. to have gotten, to have seen, to have been told, to have been brought into? And then there's all of these, um, you know, there's the music and then there's the business. And I think that there's so much value in having people who have experienced 
in the business side, helping younger bands as well, because that's where things can get dicey and bands break up and money's not right and th- people get their feelings hurt. And mm. I think even that also just like the business side of things and like letting them talking to them about that. Um, there was this great interview with Rick and Peter at I think Newport Folk Festival where they talked about kind of what are their things they would say yes or no. And they're like, listen, our first tour, we literally took every date we possibly could. Anybody who said they wanted us, we said yes. And it was ridiculous. We were in a van driving all over the place. He's like, my advice is don't do that. My advice is pick specific markets. We were just watching those markets. <laughs> you watch it. Yeah. Break those markets yeah. and then build out from there. And it was that moment. I mean, even him saying that I can see a young band just starting out, starting to put their stuff together, thinking to themselves, Oh, well that feels more, more manageable. Let's start in our home turf. And then let's see, you know, pick one, one area that we can break into that we know some folks that we can talk to. And we talked to um, this great group of um, women called the Flavortown crew in the Kentucky and um, Cincinnati area who helped break goose in that uh, area. And we were like, what was it like in the beginning? He's like, listen, they played a band, they played a bar. We really loved them. We wanted them to come back. And we just reached out and said, hey, if we put a street team together, will you come back? And they said, yeah. Oh, wow. And so they put a street team together and they just made sure every time Goose booked in the area, the street team hit the streets and they sold out every single time. And so it built this huge fan base in this community by fans for fans. And now Goose's first two night New Year's Eve shows were in Cincinnati yeah. to reward that audience that had been building and investing in them over all of this time. You know, it's why Goosemas was in Colorado because that was the same thing they did in that area. So I, I, I'm, you know, one of those things is like just watching Goose decide how they're going to move and how it can be strategic and also help build out, um, the ways that they want to be in community with themselves and with other bands. I mean, they did so well in the festival circuit and um, now seeing them being able to play arenas. I mean, I I will admit they put that spec date up and my mind just was like, like, uh, very ballsy, very exciting. And, um, and yeah, I just, I just think it's really been fun to watch. It's been really exciting. And I think they've been really deliberate and very, um, yeah, just uh, purposeful in, yeah. in I think, the moves that they've made. Yeah, one thing to note about everything that you were saying was, you know, they didn't do that at first. They were yep. going everywhere. They made the mistakes. So, yep. you know, we could say failure, mistake or whatever. Yep. That is how you learn. That is exactly how you learn. Oh, shit, I shouldn't have went down that street. I won't do that again. But they did it. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, they're getting um, this great advice from the elders of the the communities that they're wanting to be a part of and that they're bringing into. And so it's just really um, important to note that not every move needs to be the right one, but it can propel you to the right direction eventually. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. And it moved and it moved. So there were, you know, I was talking about some different things with Rick, but there were also things that changed after the the taboos tour. Um, Like they started selling posters at four 30 before the venue opened. Um, That was new. They added ASL interpretation to their shows. Didn't exist before they went on the taboos tour. So those are just two things I, I mentioned because they are hallmarks of like making your operation 
better for your audience and also making yourself more accessible. And you learn that by by being like, oh, Trey's like, yeah, we always have ASL. It's very important. Well, think about this. You know, Um, thinking about that. How about you're going along, you're doing this podcast. Next thing you know, you're catapulted and now millions upon millions of people listen to you. You didn't need the same equipment for the show now that you're going to need for for that. Do you know what I'm saying? When more people Mm -hmm. are watching, more people are coming. We didn't need the infrastructure when there was a 300, you know, sold out. But now it's a 3000 sold out. 30,000. We're going to need 30, whatever (laughs) to keep going. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm small numbers, but you know what I mean? It's like sometimes you don't need the things that you are going to need yet because you haven't gotten there. And to be there so quickly, it takes a lot to kind of like like restructure and exactly kind of refigure out like, Oh shit. Now we need all this new stuff. We need ASL now because nobody freaking nobody said anything before. Cause we didn't have that kind of audience. Just think about the first time that we saw him. We first time we saw goose was in 20, excuse me, 2018 opening for pigeons here in Portland in a little 750 person. Wonder ballroom. Wonder ballroom. Wonder ballroom. Yeah. 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 And, that's you, still you, my favorite time. You couldn't, you couldn't have had ASL in there. We were packed in like sardines. I was going to say those venues are not no. ASL friendly. When, when yeah. we when we saw them in in twenty one at at Wonder again, yeah. When we walked out of that show, I was like, we will never see Goose in a room this size ever again. This this okay, was it. Wait, 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 wait. This is really <laughs> me out right now. I have goosebumps. So we. <laughs> This is no pun intended. No, no pun intended. We just recorded our Valentine's Day episode and we are we talked with a bunch of people who have found meaningful connections with each other from the goose communities. We had two couples on a platonic friendship that developed. But um, this exact thing came up. The platonic friendship, full disclosure, one of them is my husband and his friend, Michael. They met at the Wonder Ballroom show in 2021. And they looked at Michael looked at my husband and said, you know, I don't think we'll ever see them in a venue this small no ever again. No way. And they <laughs> lost touch with each other. They didn't exchange anything. And they found each other months later on a Reddit forum because they said that same thing. He's Michael wrote boat. I was standing next to a new friend of mine and I said, I don't think we'll ever see each other at a show this small again. And my husband said, oh my God, are you Michael? Did you, are you the one that brought me a glass of water? And they've no been BFFs ever way. since. <laughs> Swear to God. Okay. I literally, I just got goosebumps because you, they just told this story on the show with us well, yesterday. And so, what is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. See, really? see, man, that's what I'm talking that's, about. That's, magic. Well, that's that's what I was that's what I was about to say, babe. This is the magic of the community is that yeah. these kind of synchronicities, epiphanies, um, chance meetings um, all happen and they become so much more meaningful because of the shared experience, you know, and that's what I think we when we say it's our church. And, you know, mm-hmm. if I can just talk on this for a second, 
now when you say church, I don't think people get the good warm and fuzzies. I think that church, that right. word has been kind of like, ugh. however, when you say I went to church, when you go to a concert, that is the warm and fuzzy. Like that's mm-hmm. what I mean about when I go to church, that's the kind of church I want to go to. So instinctively, we all do want that. We all want a yeah, church, have, yeah. quote unquote, church yeah. going experience, yeah. but yeah. we don't want what church is now. Yeah. And so we want transformation. Yes. Right? That's what we're there transformation, for. Transformation, participation, um, knowing, you fun. know, that knowing, <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> Yeah, I, that's that's honestly that's the main reason why I go to any yeah. shows Number is to one. have fun. Yeah. I, I mean, fine. I go to dance. Yeah, that's my thank you. exactly. I, that's what I consider fun is to dance my whatever out, my blues, my whatever that. I yep. got. But that is something that I think that um the fan base, the community is recognizing is that we want a holy experience. We mm-hmm. want a transcendental experience, and whatever that looks like for us. Exactly. For each right. individual. Yeah. I and think that's yes, Leslie, kind mm-hmm. of going back to what you said, you you said something about what kind of experience do you want to have? Um right. I when I started going to shows, I never asked that question. I didn't even know what to experience. I didn't I didn't know that that was a thing to ask. I thought I was going to see music and that's the end of it. (laughs) And so, you know, even like now when we're uh, that much more experienced, you know, even maybe even one or two shows in now that you've got under your belt, now you know what is out there to, I think what we're after is this newfound congregation that has this like-mindedness that is undefined but yes. also so important that it can be shared and understood without specifics and supported. Yeah. Which I think is the biggest thing we talk all the time. Even when we all go to shows together, we frequently aren't in the same space because we don't like to be in the same space at shows. <laughs> um, Alexis and I are like diehard rail riders. Like you will see us up front. We will stay in line all day just to make sure we're front and center. And Chelsea's like, no, I like to be over here. And Hannah, who's our other contributor, she likes to be a little further back with her, with her crew doing stuff or up in the balcony. So we have those conversations amongst ourselves or whoever we're going to a show with like, okay, what do you need? What, what is, what is the um vibe that we're going for here? What, what are the things we need to make sure that we ensure we have in place for all of us to enjoy ourselves as best as we can. And then I don't know about anybody else, but I have that conversation with whoever's around me. Once I get to where mm-hmm. I'm going to be, it's like, okay, this is our crew for tonight. What's going on back there? Like oh, my wow. husband is big on like getting a garbage can if we're on the rail and having it in front of him and then like at breaks, just like passing it around. So we're getting trash out like it's small things like that. But it's always about like, OK, we are forming a small crew for this minute, you know, this small temporal autonomous zone that this show and this band is creating for us for right now. And how are we going to be with each other in this space? And Openly, I know at Goose shows, that's before show set starts. That's the entire conversation that everyone's having. It's like, okay, who are you? Who are you? Yep. What's going that's on? Awesome. Where are you from? What do you like? Uh, or do you like to dance a lot? Like, oh, let me get your sweater. I'll put it over the rail. Like all of those kinds of things where it's like, we all want to make sure we're all having a good time and we all have a shared experience and that we aren't afraid to just say, this is what I need. This is what I need. Um, and making sure we can meet each other's needs as, as best as we possibly can. The, the, yeah. And I think that's what I found different about 
than other shows I've used to go to or concerts or whatever is the the community aspect of it is like we're all in this together. Yeah. Like we are all here like-minded people for the same reason to, you know, we want to get something out of this instead of just like I want to go watch someone perform and dance. Like no, I want to go connect with myself spiritually and I think a lot of people go into that that way and so that's what's different. Uh, when you go to a show, because it is, it's like the people around you for that night become your crew. Like I didn't even know them, but we're all here together. And when you leave, you might, you know, get their info and, and, you know, keep up with them or whatever, but it really is like, it doesn't matter who's around you. We're all kind of feeling the same vibe and it's really special feeling of something different than I've ever experienced at shows personally. It, well, it's funny. It, well, you know, ahead. Mel and I gave <laughs> each other a look while you were saying that, like no simple road since starting this show. We, we moved from Vegas to Portland six years ago. When we moved up here, we didn't, we knew one person in the city. Mel knew one lady that she used to do facials on in, in Vegas. We knew nobody. And I would say a, 90% of our friend group that now is our crew are people that we turn to at a show and we're like, Hey, what's up at set break. And, or yeah. somebody that listened to the show that came and was like, Hey, I listened to no simple road. And we were like, come on. And that was our crew for the night. Like there's something really special about having that shared experience and not having to explain to somebody else Mm -hmm. what that experience was because we all just kind of know now because we've been there together. And those are the people in my experience, I'm 51 years old that are the friends that stand the test of time for the most part. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's why I was saying I love bringing people to their first goose show because Um, it's that I, I took my brother-in-law to Atlanta and I just kept looking over and his face was just like, you know, just this huge smile. And he just kept looking at me and I was like, I told you, I told you, I told you. I That's told when you. the, I told you, so you love to say it, right? But so it's going to be amazing. Cody, so yeah, I'd love that. Yes. I love that. Leslie, can I have I, some girlfriends joining me in Nashville and I, I'm, when I tell you, I'm like bursting. I know that they feeling. They texted me last week and we're like, we're going to come to Nashville with you. I'm like, yes, I've got them. Yeah. So, but I wanted to ask Leslie, cause you said you're like a long time um, podcaster is a little bit of a left descent for, from goose. Well, I'm sure we'll get back to him. Um, a communications expert and a long time, like where was your entry into the jam scene and how did you c- kind of climb your, you know, a career ladder to where you're at today? Yeah, I um, <laughs> I went to boarding school in upstate New York um, in the 90s, which uh, by definition means you You're are very fan. exposed to fish. Yeah. yeah, like you don't really okay. have a choice, but having to have gone to a fish show at some point, just generally <laughs> speaking. Mm-hmm. So I went to my first show in like 93, I want to say. And then I met my husband, um, who had been a really big fish fan, like for you know, a decade before um, I was very early fish fan went to like the first uh, festivals, the great went, he literally went to everything, all the things. And so when we got together, he was kind of like, Oh, you know, all about this fish thing. I think even in like one of our first dates, he like left the next day to go to a lemon wheel, like for real. And I was like, you're going where for what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and so for me, um, I knew about fish and I knew a lot of fish songs. I've been to fish shows, but I wasn't really like 
into the community until my husband kind of brought me in and was like, my approach was kind of like, I love you. You love this thing. Let's let me just go and just see what this thing is, because if you love it, maybe there's a spot for me in it as well. And so from there, we just started going to lots of fish shows, as many as we possibly could. We were living in Chicago at the time. And, you know, we went to um, Big Cypress for the millennial. We went to it. You know, we did as much as we possibly could. Saw a ton and ton. I think I've seen like 53 fish shows or something like that. So, you know, for me, it was really about my connection with him and then our collective connection with fish and with the music. And, and, you know, we had our own crew that we used to go to shows with and things like that. Um, I, you know, it was different because I was brought in as someone's partner versus like me organically choosing to be sure. part of a community. And so while it was great and fun and I loved it and everything for me, the fish scene became kind of my escape from my real world work, which is in um, liberatory spaces and, um, you know, political spaces. And also in my work as a communications director, mostly um, working on issues of social justice. And so it's a stressful job. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of pressure and <laughs> a lot, uh, not a lot of grace in, in a lot of this other spaces I'm in. And so, the jam band scene was a place where I was able to kind of just like shed all that shit and like yes. be literally let your hair down, really let myself go. Um, nobody judged me for whatever I was doing or not doing there. I just really was able to be my just full self and not have to worry about the baggage of all that other stuff that I had to deal with day in and day out. And so it became an outlet for me and I recognized the need for that. And so discovering goose sort of took things to a next level because now here was a band we both could discover together and both could enter into the community together and so that became a really like you additionally unifying thing for both of us and so goose has become like it's it's central to our marriage at this point because we just spend so much time listening to you talking about goose going to goose shows um and building up a community you know i've got my podcast crew and we have a bunch of folks we go to shows with now my husband has his own like rail crew that he's developed over the last two years uh just seeing goose shows and like we were talking about, you know, they just announced their summer tour and we were saying um, the Asbury Park shows are my birthday. So, I, you know, we're going. And so he put it out. It's like, would you guys want to get a house or something? And like six of them were like, well, we weren't going to go. But if you're all going, we're go. So it was it's like that kind of vibe and that kind of experience. And then as far as my career goes, and especially in podcasting, um, I've just been really lucky uh, to be able to have spaces and podcasts to talk about issues that are important to me. My husband and I had a podcast for a long time, and then I also did one called the Ferguson Response Network that was really focused on the movement for Black lives. And then um, I just tell this very funny digital story. Um, uh, my friend Lenny Duncan and I were... Um, just talking on Twitter about how, hey, there's a lot of um, podcasts about fish, but there's none that are centered on the experience of black fish fans. Like somebody should really pay us to do that because I have a lot to say and it would be really cool to talk about it. And a uh, shout out to Jay Curley from Ben and Jerry's who literally slid into my DMs and said, hey, um, I saw your Twitter thread and we'd love to support y'all in making this happen. And so um, they 
they sponsored uh, Blackberry Jams. Um, we were on PRX and it was an amazing, um, you know, yeah. experience to be able to kind of do a big show with like a big sponsor and learn about how to, you know, all the intricacies and, and behind the scenes stuff around building a show. And um, yeah, the Goose Chicks podcast really came because there weren't enough women talking about Goose, in my opinion. And if you go to Goose shows like it's a lot of us there, like 50 percent of the of the crowd is women and especially up on the rail and up front, like it's almost all women up there. And and I have not experienced that at other jam band shows. I don't go into the pit at fish shows at all. It's not a safe place for me. Um, Hasn't been for decades. And so. This was a new experience where I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like people are really serious up here about consent, about personal space, about respecting each other, about taking care of each other. It was just such a revelatory, like, you know, experience for me. That's so cool. Yeah. And just brought me to this place of like, oh, like I can really like get into this and like really not worry about anything, like really not be concerned because everybody around me is focused on the same thing. And we're really, you know, there. And so this podcast came about just, we were like, Oh, we wanted some more, you know, women voices talking about the things that, that are exciting to us. And we've been able to talk with so many great people. Um, and, the response has just been wonderful. People just been excited to not just have a show that is focused on the music per se. We do talk about the music, but really we we're there to talk about the experiences that people have and to talk about how people can learn more about the, about the, you know, about the band, about how to go to shows, about different ways to go to shows um, and making the experience more accessible to as many people as possible. Um, we had a whole show about rail riding. Like, what does it mean? How do you do it? Why do people do it? We just spent time talking about it just because it's something that people feel is sort of like mystical. And I was like, nah, let's demystify that shit and yeah. talk about all like, let's talk about how it happens and what happens up there and what it's like and the pros, the cons, all of the things that go into it. Uh, I'm getting Chelsea on the rail this year, so I'm very excited <laughs> about it. Um <laughs> So I'm not a rail rider, but after that show, I was like, oh, you guys, I might I might hit the rail with you next time. You really got me I mean, go so, check it out. You got to lose. I mean, that's what it's about, because honestly, like I, that's something that's scary for me. Like I was like, I don't want to, do, you know, be up there and you feel like you're and then but hearing them talk about it and they're like, no, actually, there's tons of space and people are really welcoming. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I thought it would be. So bringing those different perspectives that someone looking on the outside might be like, that seems really terrifying. But then when you have a human voice being like, no, it's really fine. That comfortability comes in and um, speaking with Leslie and Alexis and stuff has really, really helped change my perspective on things like that. So Leslie, what I want to ask. um, So of course this is pure opinion, but when you were in the fish shows and you said it hasn't been safe for you in the pit, ever or for a long time what makes you um go to goose and go in those first times like go to the rail and and do that like where what were you thinking or or was it a chance you were taking or like where i just wonder like how did that transition happen yeah for me the first uh goose i went to see was in charlotte and we were in this sort of like vip section so i was i was not anywhere near there but what I remember is um, right before set break, Peter came on the mic and he said, hey, guys, it's really hot in here. 
I want to make sure everybody stays really hydrated. So make sure that you're drinking lots of water and also um, back up. Do not touch anybody without their permission and be really respectful to each other. Be kind to each other. You can hear it on the soundboard right now if you listen to that Charlotte show. And I remember sitting there and hearing him say that and thinking, I've never heard a musician in the middle of a show stop and give that level of empathy in the form of a PSA to their audience. Um, And it was right before they played the last show of uh, last song of the set. So it wasn't even like the set ended and he said it. he stopped before they played the last song because he knew everybody was very tuned in and paying attention to him. And I said to my husband, I said, whoa, that's different. I've never um, heard a musician do that before. It seems so intentional and so deliberate. And it makes me feel like they're setting a really particular expectation of their fan base and of Mm -hmm. people that are at their concerts. And when uh, the person you came to see sets that kind of attention, intention, you feel like you kind of need to adhere to it. Like you paid your ticket (laughs) to see this person and now they're telling you something, right? I remember at Red Rocks, he was like, hey, everybody, pick up three pieces of trash on your way out. So these are the little things that Goose, that, that, that Peter in particular, but certainly just the band in general, just the spirit that they bring to the stage. And so for me, that was the first indicator that like, ooh, maybe I can do it. And then we went to the Atlanta shows and this was just happens stance the getting into the Atlanta shows was very mixy which can just happen at venues sometimes they didn't quite know where VIP was supposed to be or not they had two separate GA sections so we got there pretty late and literally ended up like second row right behind the rail just happenstance and it was so fun I just everybody around me even the people on the rail they were like oh you like this song switch out with me and put me on the rail and step back to where I was so that I could have a a few minutes on the rail. Never heard of such things. And then I started looking around and I saw everybody was doing that, just switching out with people and Hey, and asking what's your, what's your favorite song. If they play it, make sure you come up here, tap me so you can come up here and see it from the front. And I left that and I was like, Oh, I got to be on the rail all the time. Cause that was truly church. Um, I felt like, you know, that part in church where they're like, okay, you know, turn to your neighbor and say, peace be with you. (laughs) The whole show was like that. The whole show was like that. Just in that space of like everybody just feeling in that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was a transition for me. And then once I started meeting all of the people that, you know, tend to ride the rail and are, you know, different crews and different people, um, I remember the first night I was on the rail for real. And I think it was shout out to John Weber, who's an amazing Goose fan. He looked at me he's like, hey, look at you on the rail. Like literally he was like excited for me, right? That I had like stood in line and got on the rail and everything. And so, yeah, it 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 was that. It was like Peter kind of giving me this nod that like it's different here. And then having that experience and um and becoming friends with so many people that I, you know, we just see it every single show. Yeah. Like, hey, you're back. I'd love to see you. Can't 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 make can't believe we're gonna see each other again, or you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. You know, I wanna go back to your getting into fish and like how goose was yours and your husband's thing that you got into mm-hmm. together. And, and also like Chelsea, how 
other people have similar experiences in the scene to others and how it's kind of all one big thing. So mm-hmm. I was really into the dead when Mel and I met and was just dying to get her to a show. And I took her and like, like you with fish, Leslie, she was there for, cause I was there and it wasn't yep. her, it wasn't her cup of tea really. Well, my favorite part was when they sang songs that I grew up knowing. Do you know right. they busted out a Motown song or they busted out something that I knew? But it but it and, wasn't wasn't your bad. Yeah, it, and, it was cool. And in twenty eighteen, I had I had seen Fish. I'd seen them in ninety four, and you know I I went and saw them again at the Forum in L A. in twenty fifteen, and I was like, I need to bring Mel to a Fish show. So we went to the Gorge in twenty eighteen, and it was something that we both. There's a picture on the wall back here that you guys can't see, but it's like it's pretty incredible. Me with my arms up in the air and Mel with her like grabbed onto me and they were playing Prince Caspian. And it was the moment that like the both of us fell in love with fish together as a couple at the same time. And so like that was our thing. And since then, it's been the one thing like our kids just moved out. We're empty nest now. Like, and we're like, well, fuck it. We can just on a Thursday night, let's decide to go to Hershey in a few days and go see fish, man. Let's go. Or like, and I have to say that goose has also been that for us because those wonder ballroom shows were life changing when they stopped at those shows and did Wim Hof breathing with the crowd. Yep. I was spun to the gills at that show. Yeah. And yep. they did that. And I was like, holy shit, they're bringing a whole other level of intention and magic into this scene right. that like I would do that by myself or with Mel at home. You know what I mean? Like never like that. And it, you know what it is? It's like when you see the same dog doing the same trick. It's still cool. The dog's got a tutu on. It's walking. It's adorable. (laughs) It's great. But then you see something completely different. different, And I, that's what I was, I mean, I grew up, my background is yoga, wellness, uh, hospitality industry, all that. And so the jam scene was, was my husband's. And and it's kind of unfortunate that Apple's not here because the reason that's that story that Aaron just shared is such a big deal is because those two were like the married couple with their music and like they would go to all the shows and you know I'm seven years his junior so they they've been friends for 30 plus years you know what I mean so they've had so many experiences and so not that I was um jealous or by any means it was just not my connection it was their connection so when we found our connection and then for goose to have that bring that element of breathing and yoga and consent and sweetness to me it really felt like a true expression of like i really do like this i'm not trying anymore to like it it's they're they're like tapping me on the shoulder and like hey mel this this one's for you girl that's what it felt like to me and then for to look over and see like having my husband participate in stuff that i've been trying to get him to do for months and months (laughs) and he's like just here in in his you know like scene doing what i would do on my spare time it blew open the doors to my 
senses and my expectations and into our marriage. And then they played Ghostbusters. And then they freaking played. I ain't afraid of that ghost. Like, what are you talking? Yes. Like, yes. And that, and it was so specific. Think about that line. I ain't afraid of that ghost. This is like stuff that's been like following us our whole life, our whole life. These dumb ways of thinking and ways that cultures and communities cut themselves off from each other. Oh well, we listened to these shows and we went to this thing and do, 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 do. it's not ninety seven Hampton. Yes. And so it just blew that shit out of the water. I ain't afraid of that ghost. No, I'm not talking about that shit. This is here now. Breathe with me. Stop right now. It flipped everything on its back for me and it was such an important show. That's why it's my favorite. Maybe it's not the best sounding one or the grooviest one. It's yours. But it was the most memorable. Yeah. We all have that one that like really connected with us and like really was like, oh, I'm locked in for real now. Uh, For me, it was night one of the joy last year. I just remember being like, oh, oh no, this is this is um, this is my thing like i've i've got to see them as much as possible and have this feeling as much as i possibly can and also try and get as many people to have it too because um that's one thing that i i note is that goose fans are very like we want everybody to love goose and um If you don't, it's cool. But if you are, if you do, like, come on, yeah. we're ready for you. Like, we really want you to come well, check and this, interact yeah. with us and have fun with us. And um, I, I, I will tell you um, uh, that Joy show. I got a set list from from the band, and um, I'm going to shout out Amy Kakos as well because you know they hand out set lists and it's a little bit of a grab for them and stuff. And Amy was like, stop. This is Leslie's first set list and she's taking it. And she just kind of like made sure I got the set list. And it was like this great moment for me hanging in the back. But it was also for me, it was like that realization of like, oh, like even they are recognizing like, wow, we can see this was a transformative experience for you. And we want you to have a memento from it. And like Mm -hmm. we all have set lists. We've been to plenty shows like we don't need to grab stuff that's not yours so we'll you'll see that alexius my co-host is our co-host is great people will throw her like sticks and she'll just immediately hand it to the first kid she sees here this is one of ben's you know sticks um and so it's 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 that kind of um that experience and that openness that has been so refreshing and so wonderful and even this podcast how it came about you know through the Goose Chicks Facebook group, I literally just posted like, hey, y'all, I think I want to do a Goose Chicks podcast. Is anybody interested? And literally the three people that were like, yeah, I'm interested. were the perfect people Aww. to be on the podcast with me because <laughs> we have um, Chelsea who brings so much spirituality and connection to the music and obviously, you know, life changing experiences through the music. And obviously. freshness, right? Like, a- um, Yeah, absolutely. I, and I'm you know, I'm a nerd. I love jam bands. I'm also, you know, the experienced podcaster. So that's my realm that I bring in. Um, Alexius is a photographer. So she shot Goose a ton. She knows everybody in the scene. Like there is not a single person on the crew or anybody. So she brings a deep knowledge of some behind the scenes stuff and ability for us to get information in times that we're like, how'd you even find that out? We had a question about like, I don't know, Rick's rig or something. And she had a full breakdown by the time we got to what? our t- to record because <laughs> somebody texted her. I was like, here's all the details about the rig. Um, <laughs> and then we have Hannah who is, um, 
uh, tenure tracked women's studies uh, professor. And she brings this amazing lens of how do we look at at jam band's music, jam band scene, Goose's music, Goose's scene um, from a women's studies perspective, from a consent cultural perspective? And what are the things that we need to put into um proactively into our scenes to ensure that people are safe and able to enjoy themselves, whatever gender they are, whatever expression they have, whatever it is that we're all, uh, you know, focused on safety. And she brings such a like depth of knowledge in that area as well. So it's, I don't know about you, Chelsea, but it just was like the first time we talked, we were all just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. How did we just like, Cast the line and pull the like perfect four people to, you know, to bring this vision to life. And we're just so excited. We we got to go to the New Year's show together for the first time and be. I saw the photos of that together. <laughs> yeah, which was really fun. And we're doing a whole girls trip to Chicago for the Chicago run. So we're really excited about that, too. Uh, our, uh, well, congratulations, yes, first of all. Truly. And, and it's this shit ain't easy. Podcast. No. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to. Yeah, OK. You know, go for it. And it's hard. It's hard to show up every week. It's hard to do it when you don't fucking feel like it. It's it all you you know, I don't gotta get into all the bullshit. Yep, all the things. But <laughs> you're really, really fortunate to have found people that you have simpatico with like that on that level and that you you groove with. And and that's really special. And yeah, so I'm stoked to have had you you two on today. It's uh representing the whole four. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool, man, to be where we're at right now and to know that after I'm gone, it's just sad and weird, but that this thing will be okay, and that you know we're we're all right. It's cool, and it's gonna even be better in the future. And that's that's you can't say that for a lot of shit nowadays. You, you know really can't. You can't. It's Every- a bright light of hap- of of goodness yeah. that we all kind of need. And that's why I've been trying to bring as many people with me to shows because I'm like, I don't think you recognize that you've been missing joy in a right. way that you can get here, um, that you really can't get anywhere else. It's, it's, so it's just funny. not existing yeah. in the world. It's and so, so funny. It, it, the, that's what I keep telling people. I'm like, if you need joy, like go see Goose. Yeah. You'll be joyful. Trust yeah. me. Even if you've never heard a song of theirs, you will leave and feel joy again, even for that little bit of time. And and that's sometimes all we need to get us through. Right. Just, just last week at work, like we have standing desks and there's one of my coworkers. She's like six, five or six, six, She's a really tall woman. And, uh, we were sharing music back and forth and I sent her hunger site and, uh, she stopped. I saw her like be like, what the fuck? And she, <laughs> she DM me after. And she was like, this is the music I've been looking for. This is the kind of jam that I've been waiting to find. And I was like, Oh really? I go, uh, they're coming to Eugene in a <laughs> few months. I, I, my wife and I are going. If you and your wife want to come, like you guys are welcome to come down, be part of the crew with us. That's the kind of shit. The inclusivity, yep, right. like the inclusivity. The, your podcast yep. is predicated on that, on sharing the insights and like bringing people in. And that right there says so much about the scene, the band and and you all is because because you are the scene we are the scene yeah and so the fact that we're able to 
be free with our knowledge, to be inclusive, to be like participatory. And like you're bringing people in, you're like showing them, you're showing them the ropes. That's that cannot be underscored enough because I know that when somebody ends up in a completely different scene that they've ever been in, you look around, you don't feel like part of anything. You're kind of nervous or like, you know, just kind of worried what the night's going to bring. And for somebody to put your hand on their, you know, put their hand on their shoulder and be like, Hey man, you want to, you want to ride the rail? You want to check out this do you song? Need some water? Do you exactly, do you need water? Here's a trash for yeah. that stupid drink you've been holding the whole time. Yeah. Like those things matter. And I just want to say thank you because what you're doing not only matters, but is what's propelling the entire jam scene well, forward, and you know? And, and that's big because women traditionally were, I don't even want to say underrepresented. If we're not in the space, then we're not in the space. We need to make room for ourselves. It's not yep. like the guys are just doing it because they do stuff like that. Yep. That's it. Like, there's no blame. It's not like, oh, it's like taken over by the men. No, it's not. We just need to start doing more. And kudos to you for jumping on that and being like, I'm doing more. And, and I think just to put a fine point on it, to make it old school, it just comes down to one thing and it's a grateful dead lyric and it's, are you kind? It's that's it. That's it. Yeah. Are you kind? Okay, come on, let's do this. Let's do the thing. Are, are either of you um, planning on coming out for any of the West coast shows? Lamentably not. My husband <laughs> oh, no. is. My okay. husband's coming out with his friend Michael. They're going to be in Eugene, and they're going to the. Two, they just decided after we recorded yesterday, they're going to the two, uh, Warfield shows. So they'll be out there. Um, uh, we're doing a lot. I'm doing a lot of shows. I did a count yesterday. I think I already have 22 shows booked this year. So um, that's quite a few. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. How about so Peach? I had to, you know, roll. I couldn't do the the West Coast. My husband, and I tried. We we see most of our shows together but i'm doing the girls trip we're doing mad chelsea and i are doing madison and then chicago chicago with the other um two girls from goose chicks pod so i said well i'm doing three shows solo why don't you go out to the west coast and do your three That's shows cool. you know with That's michael fun. and then we have all these other shows we're doing together the cap run and you know all the spring stuff and a couple of festivals as well I, i'm just you know for me i'm always like the best goose show is the next goose show so, yeah. um will you be um, a peach <laughs> leslie What's that? Will you be at Peach? I won't be at Peach. We're doing days. We're doing resonance. I couldn't do Peach because I have some, unfortunately, I have work stuff to do. Um, and then. <laughs> isn't isn't this work stuff How though? Dare this they this make is work me stuff. Have to pay for things. I know. <laughs> Here, here's um, to all of us being full-time podcasters. How about that? Yes. <laughs> let's, let's put that into the ether. Yes. That's that right. Amazing. Ladies, um, just thank you. Thank you for today. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It was so wonderful. I'm so glad. Shout out to RJ from Osiris for connecting us. Yeah. Oh. Um, you know, because I said to him, I was like, I really want to go on New Simple Road. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Aww. can you see if they'll have us on? Because I just felt like, uh, you know, I listened to y'all's show and I just knew the vibe was just like ours in terms of the like you know making things more accessible and making things more open and also you know y'all have been doing your podcast you know since 2017 and i was thinking about how you've expanded from you know your narrow focus of the dead to the larger scene and how um 
Yeah. Anyways, I just love all of that and just the, the trajectory of the show, too. So I was like, um, can I can you introduce us to them? We're, on that show. we're so super glad to have you Thank on yes. on our show because that is the wider net. Yep. That's you. That's it. Like, you know, I think that um, what you just described in that short um, period is our marriage and our, our life living here. We started, you know, when we first moved, we relocated. So this is a, the, yeah, this is the baby of our relocation. And so, you know, when you have an infant, you take care of it and it's, it's home all the time. You have a toddler, mm-hmm. you're taking it out to go to the park. You you know, you have a teenager. Now you're going across the country to show them. Right. And so yeah. that's kind of what the well, show did. It grew from this baby that was very specific into this beautiful teenager. And we want that. We want the community and we want to welcome them. And so we're just as grateful and excited to have merged um, pods as you are. And I'm so grateful that y'all are killing it. And I'm, I'm excited and I can't wait to ride a rail with you one day. That's, yeah, I'm not that's a rail rider. I'm, gonna, I'm not a rail rider, but figure out what shows we're gonna yes. I'm going to send you my info and Mel's info, throw it in your phones. If you're yes. ever coming out here, please yes. hit me up and let me know. And we'll do the same Absolutely. if we're going out to. Yes, for sure. If you're coming out anywhere, pretty much anywhere on the East Coast. And we, I do every Colorado show because I love Colorado. So if okay. y'all right on. All right. When are the Nashville shows, shows you were just talking about? We're doing Nashville. They're, ooh. What month? The end of May. March. March. Okay. March. Okay. Yes, March thirty first, April first, and then Birmingham's right after okay. that. Okay. All right. So yeah, I mean, I'm doing the Cap Run to Philly, Cleveland, Nashville, Birmingham, Madison, and Chicago <laughs> with, with Chelsea, and then um, and then yeah, and then a couple of festivals, and then uh, the summer, you know, shows they just announced Asbury Park and Columbus and. And SPAC. Oh my, oh my gosh. God. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm paying, playing SPAC. I'm like, <laughs> well, I, freaking I think out about it. Literally, I, I've been freaking out about it all week. I feel like a shout out to Goose is in order. Shout out, Goose. Yeah. Shout out to Goose. <laughs> Ladies, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. I'll send you my info. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Have you a guys great day. Take care, Thank bye. you so much. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Wow. That's really cool, babe. I love that. That is a. That was great. Yeah. It, that went fast. I would look. I never look at the time. Never. But I was like in my head, I was like, it doesn't feel like long, but it kind of, you know, like, like, like could it be possible? Exactly. And I'm like, looking like, holy shit, 120. Like, OK. So I guess for a little while now, I've been trying to like get it out in the right way through words, the way I feel about goose and and what's happening and i i still haven't been able to fully articulate what i'm feeling and seeing it's different that it's different for me than anything else and i don't know without going into too much detail like we've experienced goose in a different way than we've experienced a lot of other stuff you know what i mean and uh no um, like, like in what way, I guess, like uh, you said, it's different, but like, like, like on, on, like on New Year's Eve. Okay. Right. It's just okay. having goose on here in the house. Um, it was late. Uh, it was, we weren't at a show mm-hmm. and there's something that happened with the music that night that ha- has 
only happened with a couple of other bands ever in my mind with me where like the music actually becomes sunshine. Yeah. Or like water in the room Mm. and it moves with your every movement and it changes with your feeling and your breathing affects where it's going. And I don't think that that can happen um, all the time. And I don't think that it can happen with every band. First of all, nothing's going to happen all the time. You know, even a band comes on, they're playing, you know, 200 shows a year. There's going to be 188 shows that were amazing. And then the rest were not going to, you know. Well, I'm, I'm also me and my experience is mine. And the my other perspectives are mine. My yeah. perception is mine. My, the way I feel about shit is mine. Like that's all filters for that to come into. But I see something going on with them. I'm old enough to have seen shit at this point. Like I, I've experienced things. And so like, I, I see this thing going on and I don't know how to explain it. All I know is that it feels amazing. Does do you know what I'm saying? Like, holy shit! And I, I think we just—I at least I—got another little piece of the puzzle here, of like the intention in the community to accept those that are new and to be with each other and care for each other and create a standard off the bat, right? It's not like it's not 40 years old and has fallen apart once. That's what I was talking about. The dog, the cute dog with the tricks. Like, yes, we still want to see those amazing um, people that have paved the way. But also there's this new sheriff in town that is cleaning up the city and is, you know, making, you know, opening up a place for the homeless to eat and is like, you know, picking up trash in the parks and like this generation is a little bit more a lot more a lot more um proactive and and able to do things that when you're a little bit older it's like undoing something and then starting something new mm-hmm. It's much easier to start something than exactly. to undo something that's already all exactly. fucking tore up. That's why, like, when you go back into old buildings to, like, rewire it or to replumb it's fucking astronomically ridiculous. They're like, just turn, tail their shit down. <laughs> just get tear a wrecking it down. ball. And sometimes that's great. But other times, you know what? You want to keep the, the beautiful structure of the building intact. And it's going to take you pulling out the plumbing. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. And I feel like Goose is in a perfect position for both of those things yeah i i look like we just said fish is our thing that we go do together and there's to me at this point in my life where i am now there's nothing like a fish show there's nothing like it like there's a particular brand of magic that happens at a fish show i don't get anywhere else i get a feeling there i don't get anywhere else I get something from that. I just, that is special, but it's dope to see this coming to, you know what I mean? It's, it's coming to awake. It's here. 
and we get to see it from the beginning instead of jumping in halfway yeah. midstream or well not only end. do we get to see it but we're and like i said to the ladies we're defining it yeah and because, and to have a hand in well, yeah, what it is we're, totally. we're shaping it yeah. because if somebody wants okay so these um the goose chicks podcast they're devoted to everything goose right so they're you know, audience that wants to learn and understand and grow with goose will listen to that podcast because that's what they're dedicated to do. Now, what they're saying is really going to paint a picture for them. It's that person that wants to listen. Yeah. It's going to color their perception and experience. And so in the same way that they're doing that, so are we, they're on our show. Now we're coloring our, our canvas together. We, we created an art piece together, you know, and, the more factual, the more inclusive, the more um, understanding we can be. And those, the people that are listening to our shows are, are feeling and seeing that that's the kind of vibe that goes to those shows. Yep. It, it's the ripple effect, you know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah. Super cool. Go, go check them out. They are part of Osiris media. That's just right. like no simple road is. And, um, if goose you, chicks podcast, if you haven't gone and seen goose and like you've listened to them and you've listened to some shows and you're like, you know what? I'm just not sold. Like I don't dig it. I would just urge you just put that away for five minutes, go buy a ticket, go see them and then make up your mind after that. You know what I, I think mean? Sometimes too, you know, you do need to do things multiple times. Some I've, I don't, I won't put their names out there because I don't know everybody. But there's been um, people that we've gone to shows with that have been like, yeah, that's cool. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. And you know, go again. Check it out because they really are doing something beautiful and special. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But honestly, it's amazing, and it most likely is for you. Yep, I will agree with Mel. that being said so hey thank you leslie thank you chelsea for being on the show and to the other amazing um goose ladies um thank you for such an amazing um i I don't even know what what to call it but it's just like a really amazing thing that we're all doing right now Mm -hmm. and y'all are at the precipice of it and much luck and congratulations and we love you and if you ever want to talk again we're here yeah because we could go for hours too so just (laughs) saying um hey if you want to know more about no simple road and you're new to the show go to www.nosimpleroad.com you can get merch there you can sign up for a tarot reading with mel and i with the grateful dead that's right we do tarot readings you can get merch there go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road there's a bunch of patreon content that patron only get now because of our producer, Corey, who's amazing. And uh, yeah, we love you guys. And we'll be back on Monday with another edition of the No Simple Road Weekly Rewind. So yeah, until then, what do they do? Smile at a stranger. Hydrate your body and your skin. Safety third. And uh, listen to a goose show. And you know what? Change your shoelaces. Nobody ever does that. It's something that is widely overlooked. And I have to say that there is nothing worse than when you put on your shoe and you pull on those strings and one of them busts and then you got to tie a bullshit knot in one of them. Don't do that. Go get yourself some new shoelaces today. We love you guys. Peace.
it is a focus through the spot in the corner that is still intact. The react is both a defense mechanism as well as a fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.